to the QB List Fantasy Football Podcast. This is the Waiver Wire Show. I am AJ Passman. We're bringing you the top five waiver picks every week this season. But I'm not doing it all by myself on the pod this week and every week. He's the Tyreek to my waddle. It's Callan Elslugger. How are you doing, Callan? I'm flattered to be called Tyreek. I think that's the nicest compliment I've ever been given on any show. So I'm I'm flattered to be with Tyreek with your waddle. But that also means that you're more successful, which is... Yeah, kind of true at this point. It's weird being on the other side of things and not hosting it. I gotta say, <laughs> it's it, it's debatable how successful uh, we are. Man, we we are coming off a crazy week too. Uh, maybe some things settling back down into normal. Uh, maybe some things not. Uh, Callan and I are in a, a, a QB list dynasty league, and uh, we we matched up this week. And Callan, you didn't have to be so mean. You wiped the floor with me. Courtesy of one Jalen Waddle and uh, uh, Tua Tagovailoa stack. Yes, yeah, felt pretty good. I was very scared going into our matchup because he put up the highest points in the whole league in week one. So I kind of knew I was up against a juggernaut. And turns out my team's a little more better than I had expected. So it was a, yeah. it was a great a great week to have that stack. That's for sure. It was strong. Well, we are uh, we are excited to get into to this week's waiver. We have. Um, man, there's just nothing better on a Monday night. We're sitting here watching two Monday night football games. Pretty sure the Tennessee Titans just forfeited, if uh, if that's a thing. Um, and uh, man, but it's in, it's fun to be back. Um, like I said, uh, we are uh, we have a slightly different format this season. Uh, we are giving you the top five waiver picks uh, that we can come up with each week. And this week, it's actually a bit harder. Uh, than than I thought it'd be, um, but we're gonna start right off in Arizona, who just had a, a overtime comeback win. Um, James Connor went out with an ankle injury. He has uh, a history of that, um, and the latest reports are that it is not uh, serious. But the, his status for week three is uh, kind of up in the air. So um, that kind of brings us to a couple questions. After he went out, uh, Daryl Williams and Eno Benjamin, who was uh, early best ball favorite and a um, little sleeper sleeper pick guy uh, to have RB2 duties. Uh, both of those guys uh, pretty much split carries out of the backfield. Uh, Darrell Williams came away with the touchdown. So let's just pick. If James Conner is out and if there's not any more news on the, um, on the ankle injury tomorrow on Tuesday, then who are we going with? Um, Darrell Williams or Eno Benjamin? I, I'll, I'll go first, Callan, and then, and then I'll kind of yeah. kind of let, let you pick. I I actually and I, I was able to go back and watch some of the highlights, um, and, and some of the plays. You know, I'm again, I'm not super excited about anybody, um, <laughs> this week, uh, and and that includes um that includes both both of these guys. They are um, they're uh the Cardinals are playing the Rams in Week Three, which again could be higher scoring, but so far the Rams have not given up much to. Um, to the running back position. So if I had to go one or the other, I'm I'm probably going to go Daryl Williams just because uh, all I really have to go on is um, they seem to give him a little bit more of the higher value uh, targets. He did have the touchdown. He did have the longest run broken off between the two of them. Um, and he, he did get, you know, more of the, you know, goal line red zone um, work than, than Benjamin, but that's, that's kind of the way I'm leaning Daryl Williams. He's 4% rostered. So he's definitely available um, in Yahoo leagues. And I'm sure um, in whatever format you're playing in, but what, what about you? I think I'm actually leaning the opposite way right now. I'm looking, you know, Benjamin, and this goes back to week one when the option was who was going to come in behind 
James Conner, the Cardinals went with, you know, Benjamin originally. And nothing really changed this past week. You look at their snap share. Like you said, they shared uh, carries. They shared snaps. Terrell Williams on the field for 46% of snaps. Eno Benjamin, 42.5% of snaps. Target share, 6.4 for Daryl Williams, 8.5% for Eno Benjamin. So there's no real difference maker, but I'm going to go off the guy who was on the field week one who they chose to give the majority of snaps to out off Williams, and nothing fully changed there. While it's a very close one, Daryl has that experience. Right now, the trend is going, and like you said, Rams kind of have – done well against running backs, but you saw Zach Moss even look efficient through the air against him. He's not going to be great. Neither of them really, are really going to be great this week if one has to start, but the fact in the way I see it is they are giving Eno a slight edge so far this season, and for that reason, I'm going to I'm gonna go with him, but it's a coin flip. You're kind of going up with them as a desperation RB2, maybe more than likely a flex if you're going to play them next week if Connor's out, but it's definitely worth something, worth monitoring. Are you putting any fab towards towards uh, Benjamin? Not at this point, no. Just because it's such an easy split. If anything, it's like a couple bucks. But you're, you likely have another running back. You likely have someone who you draft as your RB3. Like A lot of people took Josh Jacobs or Clyde Edwards-Alaire as their RB3s. Obviously, I'll start any of them over one of these backs. It's going to be a, a mix that I don't feel like dealing with. So I'll throw the money in and hope that I get it right. But... The injury doesn't seem like anything too serious. There's a chance he's not even out week one. So I'm not going splurging big on any, either of these guys. Fair enough. I think, uh, yeah, if if anything, I think it'd be, you know, like one or 2% just to, just to beat kind of the default waiver, waiver wire priority. Um, but, but that's about it. I'm, I'm not, um, th- there's not enough. There are not enough players that I think I would be dropping right now yeah, to add them so absolutely desperate if you have a little bit of a deeper vent deeper bench um you know again and that all depends on james connor's injury update yeah now someone who i will be spending fab on at least in uh yahoo leagues it's garrett wilson garrett wilson has been pressed he's 22 percent rostered on yahoo sleeper not so much he's 62 percent people were stashing him for the upside but boy was he impressive this past week last week he had uh, two touchdowns on eight receptions, 102 yards, 14 targets. While Joe Flacco has his reemergence and reminds us of the 2012 Joe Flacco debates of is Joe Flacco elite? Is he not elite? Of course he's elite. Come on, come on, guys. Let's let's not let's let's not forget about that. But in all seriousness, he's taken over as the number one in this offense, and it's pretty clear. Last week one, you thought, oh, is Corey Davis going to be more involved? Yeah, no, Corey Davis only got nine percent of target share. Elijah Moore has been relegated to there the two. Garrett Wilson got the most targets per snap, the most target share. He's got the highest touch per snaps. They're working to get in the ball, and that's changed, especially hasn't changed, especially in that comeback win this past week. I'm extremely impressed. He's got that youthful upside we all look for at the wide receiver position. So if he's available in your leagues, you go get him. He's developing some rapport with, uh, with Joe Flacco. And you know what? Zach Wilson's going to come right in. They're gonna, he's going to see that and try and hyper-target him getting the ball. So I'm pretty... I'm impressed with what I've seen from him in this past week, and I'm buying. I'm buying fully in. Yeah, I I think it's hard not to uh, not to go grab Garrett Wilson if he's on your waiver wire. Uh, he he's probably the one name this week heading into week three that uh, I I would I would consider dropping some of the other players who maybe haven't shown up yet, um, but you know are, are kind of on the bubble for me. Uh, 
I mean, again, Garrett Wilson going going for for two touchdowns. I mean, the fourteen targets, the the two touchdowns are great, but you know, you never want to chase touchdowns after they already after they've already come. But seeing the amount of um, involvement that mm-hmm. Garrett Wilson has in that offense, and again, just getting getting that fourteen targets, um, you know, it, 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 listen, it's it's Joe Flacco. Uh, he, you know. <laughs> And it's the Jets. And so there are going to be weeks where this misses. But um, when you're talking waiver wire, I I, I think, you know, Garrett Wilson, first round draft pick, um, definitely somebody that they are high on. uh, You know, like you said, Callan, there's kind of that question of like, is he basically just Elijah Moore again? Who's going to kind of emerge? So far, it's been Garrett Wilson. Elijah Moore has been an absolute, um, you know, disaster if you if, if you drafted him. Um, if you reached forward, you know, reached ahead in drafts to um, to pick him up for that second year sophomore bump upside, um, you know, he's still I, I still have hope and faith and want to see what happens in that offense. But so far, it has been uh, Garrett Wilson has seemingly t- taken his place, and with such a similar athletic profile, um, you know, it, it, it's it's worrying for uh, for Elijah Moore for me. Uh, but definitely, I I think Garrett Wilson is kind of the the top. Um, the top pick for me this week, um, far and away, especially in that wide receiver, um, that wide receiver position where, you know, I probably have, you know, a flyer here, here and there on my bench. Want to see if somebody's involved. If they're not great, you can move on. Um, so I, I, and I do like that. Um, uh, moving on to our third pick, um, going back to the running back position in Miami, uh, the, um, one of the only players that didn't score, you know, multiple touchdowns and go off for 150 plus yards, uh, but who may have taken the kind of lead uh, running back position in Miami is Raheem Mostert. And, you know, I, I think that Mostert kind of left a bad taste in everybody's mouth last season by getting hurt that first week. Can we trust him again? He's not, you know, a young player. He's, he's, he's up there in age and he's coming into a new offense, but, on Sunday, he he had 11 attempts for 51 yards, three receptions for 28 yards, uh, which is more than Chase Edmonds did. So after a bad week one, Chase Edmonds only only carried uh, the ball for five uh, attempts, and he only ran it for 33 yards. So um, again, just not not a great amount of involvement in the offense. So I think that it's worth watching. Again, I don't know that uh, most of it's going to have a ton of value moving forward, but you know if if he can stay healthy and if the volume stays there uh, week three is dicey because they're going up against uh, mm-hmm. the bills who just, you know, again, as I'm watching, you know, Derek Henry's not playing anymore. So uh, <laughs> hopefully the, hopefully uh, Miami stars will play more than a half. Um, but that should be a good game with two of kind of the hottest offenses in the league. Um, but you know, it, it, for me, it's something that, that if I can stash Raheem Mostert to see kind of how this shakes out and see if that's a, uh, an indicator of things to come, then, uh, you know, I, I'd make a little room on my, on my bench for him. We always talk about wanting to get the lead back on those high-powered offenses, and I don't know if Miami's getting to that elite high-powered level, but if they play anything like they did this past week, then they're getting there. And if Raheem Mostert has any involvement like he does this week, it's it's definitely worth monitoring. I mean, like you said, he we all thought Chase would be so involved in the passing game. Well, he had the exact same amount of the same target share as Raheem Mostert. And then Mostert was on the field for more snaps, more uh, percent of the time he was on the field, he got the ball. Everything was uh, everything pointed in Mostert's favor. And it's concerning, especially because he has that 
chemistry and that rapport with Mike McDaniel. So I'm definitely interested in what we saw, we're seeing out of him. And I think that he's definitely worth a worth stash at this point. And the same can be said about the next guy on our list. And it's Jacoby Myers for me. And, you know, we're going with the same receiver. He's always was that consistent, you know, PPR guy, but you look at that 13 targets this past week on 35% in their win against my Pittsburgh Steelers. We don't have to talk too much more about, about that game in particular, but Myers was expected to be even number one in this offense. You kind of had that feeling. They brought in Devontae Parker and Aguilar had that amazing uh, catch, but Myers was still the guy and he's still going to be number one. And there's no, you know, I don't think there's any other full chemistry, even though Aguilar had the great thing. Next closest was 17%. So I think Myers is a clear number one. And you know who they play in week three? They play the Baltimore Ravens, who just gave up 171 yards to Waddle and 190 to Tyreek Hill in the same game. So you want to go up against that matchup. Yeah, Mac Jones is, you know, average average quarterback. They're not going to be airing it out. And I don't think he's likely to go for 150 yards. But can he see double-digit targets again? Yeah, absolutely. And I think that they're going to have to throw to keep up because we're seeing that Baltimore is right back to that good offense. So I'm very intrigued uh, with what part – with uh, what Myers is doing right now. Yeah. And, and, and I think that if there's a similar game plan, you know, with that, uh, with the Ravens kind of jumping out early and then, you know, with Miami playing um, just absolutely going for it and just, uh, I mean, just give, delivering, you know, career fantasy days and career real life NFL days for, um, for almost everybody on the offense. Hey, even Mike Gesicki cut a touchdown, and we thought that we thought that <laughs> we was thought a thing of the past. Dead. Yep. Uh, but yeah. So, and by the way, Mike Gesicki not on my waiver list uh, because I don't think that that's gonna uh, be happening too often. But yeah, it, you know, I I think that with when Devonte Parker was signed, uh, you know, it, it, it and I, I think I even said it uh, as well is that. I liked the upside, the upside that, that it presented that if Devontae Parker could stay healthy, he's shown that he can kind of have like that top 12, um, you know, season. Um, he's, he's already done it once before. Uh, but I think that what we're seeing is uh, that Jacoby Myers is, is still, still the guy, um, you know, so again, 13, um, you know, th- 13 for 95, no touchdowns, of course, because that's just not what he does. Uh, but I, I, th- I think that, you know, if, if you, it, when you do have a week where uh, Jacoby Myers can find the end zone, then you're going to see that spike. And I think that especially in a full PPR format, um, J- Jacoby Myers is a great play. I think he's going to continue to get the volume. Um, I, and I, it's hard to say this about Patriots um, teams, but, I can see them playing from behind against uh, against good offenses that get out to to a quick start. They're not the Patriots of old. Um, you know they'll still figure out how to win games and stay in games. Um, and I think that part of, part of how they're going to do that is Jacoby Myers. Oh, completely. It's going to be. It's it's definitely exciting. It's you said he's consistent. He's getting it. And we have some receiver injuries that are coming of late, and a receiver suspension we may get into in a little bit. So there's plenty of roster space that you may have for, to get a Jacoby Myers. And if you want just a stable guy to fill in during that time, you could do a lot worse than Myers. So we've hit we we've hit four players so far, kind of four slash five. Uh, for this for this last one. Um, let, let's actually jump. I, I just want to give a little bit of a deeper, a deeper throw. This might even be a, a, a DFS play for, um, 
for for you if you play in in daily fantasy but i'm even interested in in, in this on, on the waiver wire especially if you have a deeper deeper bench where you can stash um he's uh he's only rostered in one percent of uh, of yahoo leagues a little bit more in um in sleeper but but not by much um uh, it's ashton doolin at the uh, of the indianapolis colts uh for the second week in a row um ashton doolin has um has been targeted when he's been out on the field week one. He only ran, you know, 14 routes or something, but was, was targeted six times, which is a crazy targets per route run rate uh, going into this week with, with both Michael Pittman and Alec Pierce out Ashton Doolin top, yeah. uh, t- top of the receivers for, uh, for the Colts again, again, in a bad week. And, you know, the final stat line isn't anything that's going to, you know, blow you away. But I do think that he has potentially kind of moved into that um, into that role where he I think he'll be battling Alec Pierce uh, for the wide receiver two position um, in in Indianapolis moving forward. I think there are better days ahead for the Colts offense Um, as a Falcons fan. You know, I, I, I've seen this Matt Ryan and then I've also seen, you know, the, the good Matt Ryan. So, um, you know, I, I, I think that the offense will be fine um, for Indianapolis. They've got the, you know, obviously the running game with with Jonathan Taylor that will get back on track. Um, so I, I if, if you if you're able to throw out a dart at uh, Ashton Doolin, I think that uh, that that he might surprise uh, a little bit and could be a nice uh, flex play if you have a late um you know, late injury or potentially as a, as a bye week filler uh, moving forward. We've seen it in the past injuries. Well, they shouldn't, they can cost people playing time and Alec Pierce suffered an unfortunate concussion. while Ashton Doolin came right in and stepped right up. So I, I completely agree. I think he's a, he's a great play this coming week. And for the time being, because we saw how the Colts are going to have to probably throw a lot more than we may have expected. So I'm in on that. I definitely agree. And the same can be said about my one percenter I might be throwing out there. And it's a stretch. It's going to be a tough one, but I'm, going, I'm saying Brashad Perryman and this Tampa Bay Buccaneer offense. So we're seeing it right now. And we talked about it before with Mike Evans potentially being suspended this coming week. Perryman stepped right up, and he was the guy that Tom Brady was looking towards in the red zone. He finished with 15% target share, and that's less than Russell Gage and less than Scotty Miller. But we're going with the, you know, the 1%, the deepest of deep leagues. And, you know, Prashad Perryman is going to earn his target. We've seen Brady be able to support three, four receivers at a time. And you, we talk about Cameron Brady. He's only getting 6%. So Perryman is the clear, you know, he's clearly getting some involvement in this offense. And, you know, it's it's a stretch, and we don't know how long Godwin's going to be out. We don't know if Evans will get his suspension overturned or how long, you know, if he will be suspended for his coming weeks to see is appealing. But if you want to take a deep shot, why not go for another wide receiver who's associated with Tom Brady? Yeah, I I I, I think it's a um I think it's a great pick, Callan. I you know, Brashad Perriman had had the touchdown, uh, so he he definitely kind of uh, came through with with Mike Evans out. Um, and obviously with Chris Godwin still out, which um, I, I, I haven't heard, um, you know, any any significant updates other than, um, you know, the hamstring is still an issue. So I, I'm, I'd be surprised um, if Chris Godwin plays in week three. Um, I don't think that they'll necessarily rush him back, considering that they just won in in, uh, in New Orleans, which um, I think is the first time Tampa Bay has won in new orleans against the saints since tom brady became the quarterback um so they're coming off that win um 
And so I, I don't think they need to rush Chris Godwin back. So, you know, I, I think when you're looking at Scotty Miller, Russell Gage, Rashad Perriman, um, I think that, you know, uh, Perriman has, has had this knack for kind of coming in uh, on these like spot games and delivering with a touchdown. So I think that, that he could have some good touchdown upside. Um, you know, he was, you know, I'm on the field for, for 75% of the snaps. Um, so I, I do think he's definitely going to be involved. I think that Scotty Miller might be a little bit more of a gadget guy. Um, I, I, I think the upside is limited there. He might have a little bit more appeal um, in maybe a full PPR, kind of like Russell Gage as well. So I think that, I think, Perriman has that touchdown upside. Um, but definitely, I think, in you know, like you said, it's a Tom Brady offense. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of pick your favorite there. Um, I think I'm I, I'm I'm kind of coin flipping between Brashad Perriman and Russell Gage, but again, that's just uh that's just Falcon stuff. Yeah, uh, but- <laughs> I, prefer Russell, I prefer Russell Gage too, but that's more for the, the deep league. And honestly, yeah. I would take Ashton Doolin over all of those guys. I'm, right. I'm really buying in what what they're selling out there in Indy with that. Absolutely. So, um, yeah, so, you know, and, and uh, of course at, at this point, if you, um, you know, if you have any additional, uh, waiver wire questions, um, w- we've got a few more, um, that I'll put in there as bonuses in the, uh, in the, in the week three waiver wire article, which normally, uh, goes up, you know, around lunchtime on Tuesdays. Um, so we'll definitely have that. And if you have questions on that as well, um, this is a great time to talk about uh pitcher list plus that is our um that is our uh, supporter membership where it gives you access to um the online discord which is where all of our staff writers are all of our um ton, tons of fans tons of great uh great fantasy players really good community um so if you have any questions on this when if you listen to the pod read any of the articles you have questions hop right on there and you you know you'll be chatting with with the guy who wrote it so you can uh give him <laughs> give him props or or, <laughs> or give him hell so uh um, humble, bra- so, humble brag humble brag. yeah yeah you could definitely do some of that but if we're going to add some of these players then we have to at least consider uh who we're dropping um so we've definitely had some some disappointing showing so far uh, from, from some players. Um, but first off I do, I I'll put out somebody that I mentioned as a, as an ad last week that I think you're okay to drop. So I'll start with saying Taysom Hill. Um, I I'm comfortable dropping Taysom Hill. I think that, you know, he's, uh, he's not going to be involved enough. I, I think he was worth a dart throw, um, you know, last uh, in, heading into week two just to see how involved he would be but with Alvin Kamara out that's kind of when you would imagine they would kind of dial up some more of these you know unique pa- packages to um especially in kind of a defensive slugfest as, as that game against Tampa Bay was for the first three quarters of um you know you would expect that Taysom Hill would have been more involved frankly he wasn't so I'm out on him are you dropping Taysom Hill for uh for any of these uh, players we mentioned. Yeah, I am. I think Taysom Hill falls in that same level of streaming tight ends that we've been going through throughout the time we've been doing the show. And we talked about last week and we kind of saw that, you know, I'm not saying week one was an anomaly, but you're going to be going with these infrequent weeks. I'm off the roller coaster. I'm just done with, I've been done with it, but uh, it was interesting, but it does seem like he's back to being that gadgety. Like he may be involved. He might not be involved and he probably needs to score touchdowns score. So I, I'm willing to drop him. I think he's right on that. Uh, the fringe, you're going to take a chance on him each week and hope you hope you get it right. about the week he scores. So 
I'm perfectly yeah. fine with that. Yeah. All right. Here's here's another one that um, you know, m- might be on the bubble for for some people after after two weeks. Darnell Mooney, are you dropping or holding? I'm holding. Who else are we gonna throw it to in Chicago? That's still my my position on this team, and I'm not ready to bail on it after after two weeks. It's been a slow start for him, and you're likely gonna be sitting him at this point. But he still got an 18.2 percent target share this past week, and that's only second to the team. So our second release of wide receivers. So I'm not ready to bail on this. Justin Fields, he hasn't looked great, but we know what Chicago is going to be. We know it's going to be a team. that's going to be playing from trailing from behind a lot, throwing a lot, and that's going to be good things for Darnell Mooney. So with these receivers, they're good, but they're not the great option. I'd be willing to drop someone you spent probably a mid round pick, like a fifth, sixth pick, round pick, something like that. I'm not ready to jump ship on that yet. Yeah, I'm, I'm. I think I'm a hold right now on Mooney. I, I, if I don't already have Jets on my roster, and I had to, I, I, there might be other players to drop. But right now, I'd rather have Garrett Wilson because the the problem with Darnell Mooney and the Bears, who have not looked good, and I don't think they are going to be good. Justin Fields might just not be that. He might not be ready, or he might just not be good. Um, and maybe it wasn't all Matt Nagy's fault, but um. The problem with an 18% target share on that offense is that's only like two targets. So, so, so the challenge with, with that is, you know, I, I do think that, you know, he's still a hold for me if possible, if I'm in a really shallow league and Garrett Wilson's there and I need somebody to start, I would rather start Garrett Wilson in week three than Darnell Mooney. Um, but I, but I do think that you know he's somebody that that you sit. Let's give it a couple more weeks. Um, you know, this week David Montgomery, you know, had had a pretty uh, successful day on the ground. Um, you, you know, still obviously in a losing effort, but um, but he was kind of a nice surprise there. Kind of came back to being the lead back. But um, I, I, I color me worried about Darnell Mooney, yes. but I'll, I'll hold on for another week. But. Alan Robinson taught me last last year. Yeah. Stop holding on to Bears receivers after three <laughs> weeks. But uh what 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 do you think about um you know somebody who's near and dear to your heart, Callan? Uh George Pickens. Do you think the breakout is coming in year one or are you just gonna be left uh you know clogging up a roster spot for something that's not gonna happen this year? I still think the breakout is coming, but I think you can afford to you know, and people have talked about this on other shows that the rookie receiver drop after two weeks while Justin Jefferson broke out. But right now, I don't know if George Pickens is coming immediately, and I think you can be can make a shot. I I would drop him for a Garrett Wilson. I don't know if I'd drop him for any of our of the other receivers we mentioned on this list, but I think Wilson has the more immediate impact you're looking for of that roster spot. But I'm still stashing him in other leagues because the upside's there. But the issue is, right now he's four fun this team for targets. You got. You know what you're getting with Deontay Johnson. You know what you're getting from Chase Claypool. Now, Pat Fryermuth has been very involved in this offense. So Pickens, that's very best of fourth target. And you know Najee Harris is going to get his work out of the backfield. So I'm holding him if you can afford to stash and wait. But if you need an immediate impact, I'll drop him for Garrett Wilson. But that's about it. I still want to buy into what he's, what he's selling. And as our resident Steeler fan, um, do you think that George Pickens, his outlook goes up, down, or stays the same if Kenny Pickett takes over from Mitch Trubisky? 
maybe up, but it's, again, it's you know we don't know wh- who Pickett's uh, who Pickett's going to be. It can't go much worse. It can't go much lower. Than <laughs> That's true right now. So <laughs> if anything, it will go up. But the question is how much. I, I think that, and I don't know how soon a switch going to Pickett is coming because Tomlin has been pretty open about I want Trubisky to start the whole season and have yeah. Pickett come in. But uh, if the if the game is anything like it was on Sunday, we may be getting Pickett sooner rather than later. Very true. Very true. All right. Well, speaking, uh, I, I have to round this out with um, with all the talk about Garrett Wilson and the amount of time that we spend on the Jets on this podcast is uh, is, is frankly horrifying. So the waiver wire is a dangerous place. But um, if if we're talking Garrett Wilson, are you ready to call your shot and take Garrett Wilson over Elijah Moore? That I'm still not ready to do because we've seen Zach Wilson has that report, more of a report of Elijah Moore than not when with at least Garrett Wilson, he has the report from him from last season. And maybe Joe Flacco is the better one, but I'm, I'm not ready to make that switch yet. I think that Elijah Moore still has that vast upside that we saw from last season. And I'm not, not ready to pull the trigger. I want to see what Wilson does with both of them before calling that shot. Yep. I am. I, I'm, I'm with you there for, for now. I think uh, I'll, I'll stick with Elijah Moore. Uh, for now, until until we see something different, I, I I think you're right. It'll be interesting to see what happens with um, with Zach Wilson and the whole uh, Joe Flacco uh, quarterback situation once once Wilson is cleared. Um, all right, so so to round out the podcast, just uh, want to throw out a couple of potential QB streamers if you are like me and had Dak Prescott in week one and then Trey Lance in week two, uh, you are once again hitting the waivers for a quarterback. <laughs> um, so I. Um, you know, I, I'll just throw out a couple names. I think that uh, Carson Wentz uh, is terrifying, um, but he has shown that um, that he has pass catchers. They definitely have weapons on that offense. Uh, they don't mind getting behind and then having to play catch up. And he's he's been a fantastic streamer um, for the for the uh, first two weeks. Um, and in, in in a similar in, in a similar. Uh, since I throw out Jared Goff as well. Um, again, I think anytime, you know, whether it's Amon Ross St. Brown, who's cooking or uh, DeAndre Swift out, out, of, out of the backfield, um, you know, it, I, I think that if you're looking for players who can have, um, you know, who, who are connected to talented skill players, then they're at least worth um, looking at. And, you know, obviously they both played each other this week. Next week, they're coming into Minnesota, who is getting, um, you know, who got lit up for 24 points in the first half of this Monday night football game. Um, so I, I, I think Goff or Wentz could be, um, are, are both viable streamers if you need somebody for week, week three. Yeah. I'll throw one more name out there too. Marcus Mariota. He's got the rushing ability that you look for with these streaming quarterbacks and they're going into Seattle, which isn't exactly the most formidable of defenses. We saw Russell Wilson, play bad, but it's more on Russell Wilson than the Seahawks defense. They had plenty of chances, Oof. and we saw the same thing with Trey Lance was looking okay before he got hurt, and then Garoppolo just you know played fine. He didn't do anything amazing, but Jimmy Garoppolo, it was fine, and I think Mariota has the rushing ability to be a safe bet at quarterbacks. So if you do lose someone, I think you could do worse. I probably would start Carson Wentz over him. I think uh, Jared Goff's right on that border of, you know, maybe I'd go one way, but if you're in a, a real pinch, you could do a lot worse than Mariota. Yeah. Hey, you know, you, you, you said it, not me. He's, he's definitely, um, you know, he's definitely brought, um, you know, not, not wins. I don't think that's what we're expecting in Atlanta this season, but, um, <laughs> definitely brought some, a, a different look and a little bit of mobility, um, to, to the backfield. Um, also, you know, just 
I, I think what's going to tilt me uh, a little more towards golf for week three is the fact that Carson Wentz is going and playing Philadelphia. And I'm not crazy about Carson Wentz under pressure. Uh, you know, <laughs> so uh, I, I don't know who, who it'll be a revenge game for. Um, so I, I, I think I, I'll give the edge to, to Jerry Goff going into uh, Minnesota and instead of Wentz in Philadelphia. But I still think, again, um, you know, plenty of scoring opportunities for uh, for both of them. At tight end, um, you know, it, we say it every every season and probably every week, but tight end is a, um, you know, I th- I, Callan, I think you've called it a barren wasteland more than once, and probably. you are right, sir. Um, just it, do you have any, uh, how many tight ends that you're looking at uh, potentially for streaming if, uh, if you are so inclined, um, if you punted the tight end uh, position in the draft and you just kind of want to switch it up a little bit? Yeah, I think the name that really stands out to me from this past week is Evan Ingram. We saw he had a 26.7% target share in the game against the Indianapolis Colts, and they're going to play the Chargers, where, you know, it's a tough matchup, but again, Chargers are good. You're going to be keeping up with them. They're going to have to throw. And Trevor Lawrence was looking his way outside of the clear chemistry he has with Christian Kirk. Nobody was targeted more than Evan Ingram. And actually, Ingram was targeted more, although Kirk's clearly still the number one target. Ingram was still up there in terms of targets, and I think there's a lot, plenty of them to go around when you go to L.A. to face the Chargers. So I'm fully in on this, uh, on the um, the interest in Jacksonville. And one other name that I'm kind of buying myself back in on, and I probably might get hurt on it, Logan Thomas in Washington. He caught a mm. touchdown last week. It's an 11% target share, so there's still guys who are going to be coming around. But you talk about Carson Wentz being a good streaming option for Washington this coming week against Philadelphia. Why not go with the tight end who's been you know, catching touchdowns? And we saw in this Monday night game, the only touchdown for the Vikings, Irv Smith. And we saw TJ Hawkinson have a pretty good game in week one against the Lions. So I think Logan Thomas is a name we had. We mentioned a little bit last week, but he's getting the work. He's still got a lot of other guys around him who are getting targets, but I think he's back into that streaming tight end category. I like it. The, uh, I'll, I'll throw out one other name. I'll say, I'll say uh, Jawan Johnson in, in New Orleans, mm-hmm. um, you know, with a, um, you know, th- there's definitely a, a bit of a crowd there, but especially if Alvin Kamara is, um, you know, kind of continues to be hobbled um, and is questionable or only is on kind of like a snap count. Um in week three, then, you know, they're, they're playing Carolina, which I don't consider all that formidable. Um, Jameis Winston is uh, a big question mark with uh, four fractures in his back, I think. Um, but if he's playing, you know, I think that, you know, there, there could be a little bit of, um, you know, uh, uh, proclivity to dump off. And Jawan Johnson, I think, has kind of emerged a little bit as kind of a, uh, as a safe option for, uh, for Winston. So um, I do think there will be some targets to go around. Um, I think that, um, you know, obviously it's risky, but, um, you know, he, he, he um, got a target on 21% of his uh, routes run in, in week two. So um, I'll, I'll throw him out as a, as a potential streaming option, but um, yeah, I have, I have no qualms with, um, with, with the two you mentioned either. The only reason Juwan Johnson makes me sad is I was a big Adam Troutman fan. I think I've, you know, <laughs> going into the past two years in dynasty leagues, I was picking him up on by lows. I'm pretty sure I had them in that dynasty league we drafted on he's one of the guys that i'm just gonna miss on i know he's not gonna be involved i've just been waiting for him to be a thing since about the year he was drafted and it's never worked out and it makes me sad 
Uh, tight ends are tight ends. That's that's what we have to remember. Um, yeah, the right. uh, so uh, lastly, uh, just on on the defensive streaming. Um, again, I think most people stream their defenses. So um, if you're looking for uh, kind of low low ownership percentage of defenses, I'm going to throw out one game and say pick a you know just pick heads or tails, and I think you go with either one of them. So I'm going to pick the Atlanta Seattle game. Um, it. Atlanta has shown the ability to, you know, force a turnover here and there. Um, mm-hmm. I think that Seattle, you know, again, not not a great offense, but neither is Atlanta. So um, I, I think there are opportunities for turnovers on both sides. So if you can get takeaways, there's always the option that you could, uh, you know, in, end up with a defensive touchdown. So um, I like Atlanta. And, I like both Atlanta and Seattle as options for next week. Yeah, I, I would completely agree with that. I think that the, that matchup is one you want to to attack defensively and it's going to be a good one. And the, to me, one other name to throw out there, although it's, it's Cooper rush is still carrying for Dallas. So are the giants a good streamer giants on Monday night? It's, it's a tough one, but you know, I Bengal, Cooper rush does, they got somehow pulled off the win, which is incredible. But um, I think the giants could be, I would definitely stream those other guys, but if you really want to go crazy, I Cooper rush might be that guy. I'm just targeting everywhere else to face again. I kind of like Cooper Rush. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I don't know why. You know what? I mean, if you want to be like a Skip Bayless. I don't. Not much worse than Cooper Rush at quarterback and Dak Prescott, apparently. Yeah. That's, what, that's what Skip has said. Oh, man. All right. Well, I I, I think that on that note, that, that'll, that'll wrap <laughs> it up for us today uh, and, and this week. Um, just a reminder, go check out the waiver wire article and all the other, uh, other articles that we have on qblist.com. Um, again, we, uh, I, I definitely encourage you to, uh, go check out picture list plus and, uh, get on the discord, come chat, come let me know what you think. Let Callan know. Um, but until next time I'm AJ Passman, you can find me, uh, on Twitter at AJ Passman. Um, and Callan, where, where can we find you? You can find me on Twitter at Callan underscore Elslinger. Just look on Twitter, find a QB list one. I'm tagged in there. It's much easier for me trying to spell out my long name for you. <laughs> well, we'll, well we, we have it listed on uh, on our tweets as well. So, um, again, good luck out there, everybody. Good luck on week three. Um, happy hunting on the wire. We'll see you next time. <laughs> <laughs>